0: I want you to turn to Daniel chapter 11 verse 32. Daniel 11:32 and then also take your Bible and turn with me to Psalms chapter 9 verse 9. We're continuing our message on partnership with God. And last week we looked at a few of his attributes. And I'm going to share some more of his attributes with you. But one of the things that any speaker has to ask themselves is this question. What does any of this matter? Do you ever have someone speak, you know, if you've ever been to a training or you've been to a conference or you've been to an event like that, and you ask yourself this question, I just spent an hour of my time, or if you've been to other conferences, I've just spent two weeks of my time or three days of my time, and what does any of this matter? Why am I sitting here? Look at the person next to you. what am I doing here? Here's the reason why we are here today. And here's the reason from the onslaught, I'm going to tell you why it's important for you to hear these attributes of God because Daniel spoke prophetically about the last days. And in Daniel chapter 11, verse 32, the second part of that verse says this. It says, but the people that know their God, shall be strong and do, my version says, the King James version says, and do exploits. But the people that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. So what would that say to us? If the people who know their God are strong, what would it say about the people who don't know their God? They'd be weak. And if the people who know their God do great exploits, or some versions say mighty deeds, then the people who don't know their God are incapable of doing mighty deeds. So why is it important for you to know this? Because when you know your God, you're going to be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. And you're going to do accomplish great things for him. Psalms chapter 9, verses 9 and 10 says this, The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed. He's a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Now, here's the thing. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. If you're going to do mighty exploits for God in these last days, that's what Daniel is speaking about. Go ahead and take the time when you go home and read about it. It's talking about the last days. God's trying to raise up a people who know him, who can do mighty deeds through their faith and their trust in him. If God's trying to raise up a people that those who know his name trust him. You see, if you don't know him, it's hard to trust him. If you don't know his character, it's hard to believe him. And in the midst of scary times, we take the easiest way out. But those who know their God, those who know his name, put their trust in him. Now, see, whenever I trust him, that means when he tells me to do something that seems contrary to what my mind would think that I can still go ahead and do it. Otherwise, you and I are continually operating from the flesh. We're continually responding in the ways of our old man, of our old nature. We're continually, it's those knee jerks things. I want to say to you today that God is looking for a people that will reverence him and trust him enough to enter into partnership with him. God has a great work that he wants to accomplish in these last days. And he has chosen, listen to me, He has chosen to accomplish that work through human vessels that he can flow through. I believe that partnership at its very core is what we call stewardship. Stewardship goes way beyond the offering plate. It goes way beyond your money. God entrusts gifts, talents, opportunities, anointings, his word, and resources to human beings to be used for his intentions and purposes. Now, let me tell you about this God who is coming today saying, I want to partner with you. Before you leave here today, I want you to get this in your heart, that the creator of the universe has a work that he's doing. He is going to accomplish his purposes. If he has to call out some donkeys... If you won't praise him, the scripture says that the rocks will cry out. He will have his day. He will accomplish his purposes and his plans. It doesn't matter who's in office. It doesn't matter the spiritual climate. It doesn't matter the circumstances. It doesn't matter whether United States is a great nation or we become a third world nation. It doesn't matter. God will accomplish his purposes and plans. He said it's going to happen, and buddy, you can bet your life on it. You and I can bet, we can bet our eternity that God's word is true. Before you enter into partnership with somebody, you need to know a little bit about him. I don't encourage you, don't just jump into partnership with anybody. But let me tell you about who this God is who is seeking you. The first one, God is absolute truth. God is absolute truth. Since God is absolute truth, I can believe what he says and live accordingly. Let God be true, let every man be a liar. Since God is absolute truth, I can believe what he says and live accordingly. John chapter 8, verse 31 through 32 says this This he says, You are truly my disciples if you keep to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Psalms 31 5 tells us that he is the God of truth, his words are faithful. And true God's truth is everlasting John seventeen seven says that God's word is truth and his spirit guides believers into all truth Jesus was the one who said you will know the truth and the truth will set you free the second thing about God is he is righteous God is righteous so since he is righteous I can live by his standards Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 through 24, if you want to turn there, it says this, throw off your old evil nature and your former way of life, which is, now my version says, which is rotten through and through, full of lusts and deceptions. Instead, there must be a spiritual renewal of your thoughts and attitudes. You must display a new nature because you are a new person created in God's likeness, righteous, holy, and true. Now, that's what God's word says about you. We just learned just a moment ago that God is truth. God is absolute truth. So if his word says that you have a new nature, that you're a new person, that you're created in God's image, in his likeness, and that you are righteous, holy, and true, then you need to believe that. You need to replace what your mind says about you, what your mom or dad said about you, what your neighbor says about you, with what God says about you. He says that we can live by his standards of righteousness. God's righteousness is absolute. Psalms 145, 17 tells us that he is righteous in everything he does and that he delights in demonstrating righteousness. And in the end, the righteous judge will judge all things righteously. The third thing that we want you to see about God is that God is just. So what does that mean? Since God is just, what that means is this. That he will always treat me fairly. God will always treat me fairly. In the end, God will always take care of me. Second 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10. Now, some of you say, well, pastor, I'm in a circumstance where I don't feel like God is treating me fairly. Friend, God is a just God. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10 says, For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will all receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in our bodies. That's 2 Corinthians five ten, Friend, there is a day that is fixed by God on which he will judge the world. His laws and his justice and his judgments are completely righteous. Deuteronomy 32 verse 4 tells us that he is just in all of his ways. Praise God for Jesus, who according to 1 John 2.1, is our righteous defender before the Father. That whenever the enemy comes up and makes his accusation against us, Jesus is our righteous defender. He stands up on our behalf. Isn't it awesome to know that we have someone who stands on our behalf? Someone who intercedes for us? And can you get it in your heart today? I'd like to encourage you to get this in your heart today. That because God is just, he's going to treat me fairly. You don't know what the end holds, friend we're looking at this moment, we're looking at this brief span of time, we don't know what God has in store. But the scripture very clearly tells us this, that eye is not seen, ear is not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of men, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. The fourth statement that we have for you is that God is love. He's unconditionally committed to my well-being. God is love, and he's unconditionally committed to my well-being. He's devoted to you. He's committed to you. Your well-being, God is concerned about. And if you turn into Romans chapter 8, verse 35, and we'll read verses 35 and then 37 through 9, it says this. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? See, a lot of us, we think that. Oh, he loves me whenever church has gone great. God, you must really be happy with me. Church has a problem. Someone has a problem. Oh, God, what'd I do? Are you mad at me? Did I sin somewhere? The way that you plan them for your life and things are going good on your job or in your home or in circumstances around you and God must be in your will. But the moment that a difficulty comes our way, we begin to think, well, have I done something that you're angry with me? Does he no longer love us if, if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or are hungry or cold or in danger or threatened with death? No, despite all these things. Listen, I love how this version says it. Overwhelming victory is ours. Despite all of those other things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from his love. Death can't, and life can't. The angels can't, and the demons can't. Our fears for today, our worries about tomorrow, and even the powers of hell cannot keep God's love away. Whether we are high above the sky or in the deepest oceans, Let's stop here. You know, there's times in life when we're just floating high. There's times in life when it, I mean, it it is going our way. Whether we are in the highest peak of happiness or whether we are in the lowest depths of pain and grief and sorrow, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now, as a father, God corrects his children. All of his plans are motivated by his love. He loves his people even when they are faithless. Well, God, I thought you loved me more when I do the right thing. He says even when we are faithless, he remains faithful. He loved the world enough to send his son to die for us. And Romans 5, 5 tells us that his love is poured out into the heart's of believers He' shed His love abroad in our hearts. God has done that. The fifth thing is, God is merciful. He forgives me of my sins when I sincerely confess them. Psalms 51, you're familiar with that portion of Scripture, where David writes, "Have mercy on me, O God, not because I'm good, not because I've shown, I've truly, truly am sorry. Why? Have mercy on me. Why, God? Because of your unfailing love. Have mercy on me because I go to church on a regular basis. Have mercy on me because I threw money in the offering. Have mercy on me because you know I'll pay you back. No. Because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sin. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence. And don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me again the joy of your salvation. And make me willing to obey you. Make me willing to... Boy, what an awesome prayer. God, make me willing. Work in my heart, God. Because of his love for us, because of his mercy towards us, we can cry out to God. God, make me willing to obey you. Change my heart. Do you realize this? That God can change your heart... And make you willing to obey. That he can change your heart so that your desires begin to align with his. The sixth thing is God is faithful. Since God is faithful, I can trust him to always keep his promises. Let me say that again. God is faithful. That's his nature. That's who he is. That's what he's about. If you could take God apart... Every se- if God had cells, every smallest portion of his being would be made up of faithfulness. Every aspect of his being would be made up of his faithfulness. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Remember that the temptations that come into your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will keep the temptations from becoming so strong that you can't stand up against it. And when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you will not give in to it. Psalms 36 verse 5 reminds us that his faithfulness is immeasurable. That he forgives the repentant. That he's with us during times of calamity. And that he's faithful to his promises. The seventh thing is God never changes. He never changes. So my future is secure. Isn't it just nice to know that you've got a rock? Isn't it nice that you got a place that you can build on and you can be secure? You know that he does not shift like sinking sands. That he's not going to be here today and gone tomorrow. That our future is secure in him. Isaiah 41.4 says, Who has done such mighty deeds? Directing the affairs of the human race as each new generation marches by. It is I, the Lord, the first and the last. God never changes. He's consistent throughout all time. He truly is. You've heard that saying. He truly is good all the time. Though the universe will change, and though heaven and earth will pass away, his word will never pass away. God never will change. As I was doing my preparation, I was doing some reading and reading some articles and and some teachings and things like that. And uh, a lot of people are interested, after they come to Christ, they're interested in searching out answers concerning the circumstances of their lives. Why is this happening, God? Help me to understand. They're looking for a way to heal the wounds that they've received on the journey. And one author wrote, "They wrote, God is revealed, and the devastations, and the challenges of life. Without them, how would we know God? How would you know God is merciful? How would you really know He's merciful if you don't have some times in your life where the only thing that you could hang on to was the mercy of God? Now, I'm not saying go out and make those times." That's called foolishness. But how would you know he's merciful? It's one thing when we read about it. Sometimes for some of us, not all of us, sometimes for some of us, we all have different learning styles. Some of us can learn by hearing the word and applying it to our lives. In other of us, it takes the circumstances of life to really prove it. But for all of us, it's one thing when we read it, but whenever God comes through and he shows himself to us, it's even more powerful. God is revealed in the devastations and challenges of life. Without them, how would we know God? These events are a necessary part of life's journey in order for us to know our God and to do mighty exploits as he empowers us to do so. These exploits are Glorify his name. What's holding you captive today? You can know the God who has supreme authority over it all. This author wrote, I want to encourage you to quit trying to deliver yourself. Quit trying to do exploits in your own strength and authority. Call out to God. He can intervene in your situation today. God's walking through the pews. He's walking through the pews and he's saying to people, I want to partner with you. I got a work I'm doing in the last days that's going to blow your mind. I got things that I'm going to accomplish in these last days. There's mighty exploits to be fulfilled, there's lives that need to be touched, there's families that need to be transformed. There's the kingdom of God, there's advancements in the kingdom of God that I want to use you in, but I need you to partner with me. And if you're going to partner with me, you need to know who I am and you need to trust me. You need to be able to trust me. Because if you can't trust me, whenever it gets tough and I give you an order and I give you a command, you're going to be second-guessing, you're going to be stopping, you're not going to be able to move out. But when you know him, when he gives a command, it's going to become something that becomes natural. Well, why are you doing that? You tell them that the master, you know, can you imagine going up to somebody's donkey? Like you're walking in town. You know, Jesus told them, I want you to go here. There's going to be a donkey there. Just go ahead and get it. Start taking it away. Whenever they stop, you tell them the master has need of it. I'd feel a little bit awkward going up to someone's car and... Oh, the keys are in there. Okay. Now, what should I say to him, Lord? But the reality of it is, is that as the Holy Spirit moves upon you and works through you, there's going to be things that God asks you to do. There's going to be steps for him. There's going to be stepping out into nothingness, nothingness. And God's telling you to step out into nothingness. But God, it doesn't make any sense. And God says, I'm going to be there. I'm going to meet you there. I'm going to catch you there. But he's looking for people who will have a faith And the trust in Him. Those who know Him. I want to open up our altars here today as we finish up. I want to open it up for people who just say, God, I want to know you in that way. I want to know you. I want to do great things for you. Some of you need to know Him. You need to know about His love for you. Because like, "Ah, I know He loves me when I do really good. I'm sure He likes me then. What about the other 60% of the time? Does He really love me then? that he's truth, that I can believe him. Well, God, my friends keep saying to me, I'm in a situation, my friends tell me, this is the way to handle it. This is the way to go. All of the people around me at work are saying, I'm a fool for doing it the way that you say. You've got to know him as the God of truth, where you're going to be constantly thrown about on the waves of life, the circumstances of life. As we step out this morning, here's what we're doing. We're stepping out because we're going to partner with you, God. I'm making a commitment today. God, I'm going to partner with you. I'm coming into, you can sign me up. I'm going to be linked to you. I'm going to be intertwined with you. Not just at salvation, but with the work of God. Not, this is not for salvation. This is for the work of God, for the will of God in my life. God, I'm going to partner with you. And for those of you who need to know him in a greater way, if you need to know him as the truth, if you need to know him as righteousness, if you need to know him as God who's just, if you need to know him as a God who's merciful, for stand right now, if I was in this situation, I would need to know him as a God who's faithful. Because for 44 years, Cindy was always there. And now I need, God, I need you to be faithful to me. God, I need to see. I need to know beyond a shadow of a doubt. For some of you, God, you need to know Him as a God who's just because there's injustices. And if you don't get your eyes off of those injustices, God, I'm doing the right thing. I'm coming to church. I'm serving you. I'm obeying what you say. And it just seems to, everything seems to come against me. Things begin to fall apart. God, I need to know that you're just. And you know what? When you come to him, he'll reveal himself to you today. Father, we thank you today for who you are. I thank you. I'm going to know you. And because I know you, because my friends know you in a greater way, they're going to do mighty exploits for you. Hallelujah. Lord, throughout this room, I pray for the anointing, Lord, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Lord, whatever our needs are today, we lay them before you and we come to you saying, we believe, Lord. We believe and we trust you. And as we step out, Lord, we want to partner with you. We want to say, God, I need your strength. I need your help in this area of my life. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.